BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. We are one week away from the transfer window closing. Well, one week and 12 hours or 11 hours as we record this. Uh, next Friday, Friday 1st of September is the day. Does it go mad anymore? Toby, would you say it's like deadline day is mad or as mad as it used to be? Remember the days of Meza Ozil joining Arsenal and that, that kind of thing? Yeah, I, th- I think this summer actually probably will be a bit mad because plenty of clubs still needing to do plenty of things. Um, it's not got the same magic that it used to have a few years ago. And you're not hanging on until 4am for big deals. Well, I think the latest finish we've ever had was Andre Silva, if you can remember that one. But um, I think I had a later finish than that a few years. But the, the Falcao Welbeck year was... Graham, how, how late was... What's your latest deadline day? Oh, when I was in the, office, when I was in the studios down at Sky. Yeah, yeah I'd have done all-nighters. Yeah, we've been all-night. Um, Andy Carroll was a good one. Um, when that happened, was Torres January? Yes. Paris. Yeah, so a few. It's an all nighters. So. It's it? always good. And um, oh, Fernando Torres to Chelsea. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do think we have. I think we might get one of those this year. There's a lot of teams still looking. Um, a lot of big teams could still do deals. Um, there's not not many who are actually done and dusted. Maybe Arsenal, although if Teeny goes as we're discussing the show, they might still do something. There's not a lot of teams. If you look look at the Premier League, there's not many who you can chalk off and normally in, in windows gone past we've easily been able to say definitely not definitely not there's barely any we can say that about now as we stand should be an interesting final week we are we'll be back with you um probably another two times on top of this before maybe more it depends on how mad it gets uh for more talking transfers uh, we'll be back as it's planned next tuesday and next friday talking about what's going on please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on social media as well at double underscore scott saunders at toby underscore cudworth and at graham bailey 90min.com for all the latest from the team at 90min 90min.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest transfer news 90min underscore football on the socials as well for all of the latest information today we'll be talking about mo salah who has an offer on the table from Saudi Arabia. We'll get into the details of that with Graham. We'll talk other Saudi moves that have happened over the last few days. We'll talk what Liverpool are planning to do on the incomings front uh, for the rest of the transfer window. They still need things. We'll talk irons in the fire. There's one really... Toby, how do I say this? A hot iron? Yeah. (laughs) In the the fire? The the hottest. hottest of irons? Yes, the hottest of the irons we've had this summer. Um, we'll get into it in a little while, but probably the most exciting signing for West Ham this summer, regardless of whether or not they get another one or two on top of this. Well, we'll see how David Moyes uh, <laughs> manages yeah, to deal with that. Yeah, don't <laughs> extinguish the fire, please, Scott. Just let it burn for a little while. Let the excitement roll. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk Arsenal, incomings, outgoings. Uh, we'll talk Chelsea, who are always doing something. We'll talk Romelu Lukaku, who's still at Chelsea. We'll talk Man United, whose transfer window 
has, def- in my view anyway, descended into absolute chaos. Man City uh, have signed a player this week. Lucas Paqueta is off. That's a spoiler, but I think you knew that already uh, with everything happening around West Ham. So they're looking for potential alternatives and we'll talk Tottenham and Brennan Johnson towards the end of the show as well. But I did say that we would talk Mo Salah at the top of the show. So, Graham, I'll dig up what Jurgen Klopp has said in a second, but if you could give us the lowdown on what the offer is, who it's from, uh, and all the details around Mohamed Salah's offer from Saudi Arabia. Well, what we're hearing from Saudi is it's it's more verbal offers coming in. It's more they're, they're confirming to Liverpool that they will do the deal if it's available. And it's coming from the Pro League. So Al Atihad at the club who are looking to do it at the moment. We, we did a story early in the summer that Mo Salah was one of the key targets for the Pro League. You know, as they looked at signing the best players in the world. And if they're Muslim, all the better. And there's no better Muslim player in world football than Mo Salah. He's the one they want. In terms of him personally, from what we're being told, he would become the highest paid player in world football. He would surpass Ronaldo. That's how highly Mo Salah is regarded. A few people might raise their eyebrows at that and think, oh, but Mo Salah in Saudi Arabia is the biggest name in world football. He really is in the Muslim world. So they will pay whatever it takes. Where There's no fee being put on the table by Liverpool. My understanding is, to get him, they would have to break Liverpool's record sale, which, as we know, was £150 million for... Coutinho. Yeah, from Barcelona. Was it £115? Oh, yeah, because yeah. he didn't hit any of the heights of the adults. Yeah, yeah, £115 <laughs> million. So, that's what they'd have to pay to get him, in excess of that, to make him the highest paid player in world football. That would, If it happens, that would be the deal, broadly speaking, Scott, that we would see. The big question is whether it would happen. We know Salah is open to it in terms of if it lands on his table, he probably would take it. Um, and lots of reasons behind this. We we did an interview um, this week. I did an interview this week with um, Mahmoud Aid, who's one of the most powerful men in Egyptian football, a very close friend of Mo Salah. And he intimated about how not unhappy he was, but he wasn't happy with the treatment that Mo Salah was getting. And that is the feeling in 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 Egypt, around the Arab world, they don't like how Jurgen Klopp is treating him. And this has been bubbling under, as we know, so we've talked about this before, Scott, haven't we? The relationship between Sattler and Klopp, it's always been bubbling under. We don't think that relationship is all sweetness and happy. It really isn't. It's not good. And and this has led to this. I'll hit a hard think there's a chink. They think there's a there's a, there's a glimmer of light there. That's why they're doing it, Scott. They think there's not there's a chance here. You know, it's not completely open door, but they think there's a bit of light there. That's why they're progressing. It's why they're talking with Salah's people, making sure the deal's over the line. There's no point in getting it done with Liverpool if they know Salah's not doing it, but he will. So this, I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible by any stretch of imagination. As we know, with the Saudi Pro League, on this show, we don't rule anything out, Scott, when it comes to the Pro League. And and this is a different kettle of fish here. They, they, are, they will pay... Basically, club record for Liverpool and make Salah the highest paid player in world football to get this deal done. If Liverpool allow it, which is the big thing. I'm sure you're going to read out the quotes from Jürgen Klopp yeah, now, what he said about this. got them here. So uh, Klopp has spoken to media from about nine o'clock this morning, UK time on Friday. He said, it's difficult to talk about media stories because there's nothing to talk about from our point of view. And Graham mentioned there, obviously, it's all kind of verbal at the moment and, you know, feelers i guess uh we don't have an offer mo salah is a liverpool player there is nothing there if there would be something the answer would be no that's it my life philosophy is that i think about a problem when i have it there's absolutely nothing at the moment if something comes up which i don't know then i can think about it but i said already if there would be something as in a bid it would be no but toby we've ha- we've seen deals <laughs> I, like i would be surprised like i would be well, more than surprised to see it happen this year or in the next 10, in the next seven, eight days. Well, mind you, the, the, the windows close open for uh, a couple of weeks after England closes, isn't it? So, but you wouldn't think Liverpool would even consider anything after the transfer window here closes either. No, you wouldn't because they've had such a rocky window anyway in terms of trying to sort their midfield out. I know that's a completely separate issue, but Liverpool have been quite unstable in that regard. 
missed out on a couple of key targets. And I think it would be a huge blow to the team for Salah to depart in this window. Liverpool's stance clearly is they don't want to sell him. But another part of me thinks if they were presented with an eye-watering amount of money, which we're suggesting they would be, Mo Salah signed a new three-year contract last year to make him the highest paid player at Liverpool. He's 31, I think, and has got two years left on that deal. And it's what, 350000 a week? They're not going to, re- well, they might receive this money same time next year because obviously the Saudis are willing to pay whatever it takes to get the best players in the world. But from a financial and business perspective, selling Salah now, it might be the smart thing to do. However, from a footballing point of view, you can't see it. I don't think Liverpool would be able to bring in an adequate replacement or source anybody to come in in that time. And I don't think even if they did, they'd be able to do anything like what Salah can do for Liverpool. Um, His goal scoring record, as we know, is phenomenal. And he is the leader of that team on the field, so to speak, even if he does get hauled off on the opening day of the season, much to his dismay. Um, Guys, do you not think, do you think that, because actually we talk about Liverpool's front five with Jota, they've got one of the best forward squads, that mini squad they've got up front in, in the world. Do you not think it's a case that obviously not Salah's almost irreplaceable? He's a world class talent. But if they took him out, do you not think they're probably best placed if almost anyone, probably Real Madrid aside, to cope with his loss without even signing anyone? I think it's for me, it's the position that he plays. Like the, the fact I don't think they have if this were if Salah played on the left side and you had yeah, yeah. Luis Diaz and you had Nunes, Darwin. yeah, you know, it's probably a different conversation, but the fact that Salah is he delivers 20 goals a season plus in the Premier League and he is the guarantee of goals I know that Jota can chip in with some goals and Diaz can chip in with some goals and Nunes is expected to be better but those players spend time are injured Salah's always there he is always there he's always scoring he's always a threat like even in that in that Chelsea game we got subbed off in he was a constant threat throughout throughout that game and had a goal disallowed as well so uh I mean just to further your point there, Scott, Salah has missed 10 Premier League games ever for Liverpool in six years. And he's played over 50 games in five of those six seasons. The The lowest he's done is 48 in 2019-20. So he is always there. He's the constant, as you say. And as good as Jota, Diaz, Gakpo are, they've never scored goals at that consistent level that Mo Salah has. And I think for Liverpool to not look around the field and see Salah there given that he's been there for the last half a dozen years, would I don't think they could replace that. Not saying that those guys aren't quality, they obviously are, but it's not the same level, is it? We're talking about marquee, elite level. The other guys are all exceptionally be, good, I but do not wonder, that. guys, one thing as well with Salah, and I do think this has hurt him, not getting the captaincy, I think has played a little bit of a role in this. You know, I know Van Dijk, he's a good captain, whatever, but as you say, TC, he's not going to play every game. I, I think there's just little bits and pieces here that are really connecting the dots here, Scott. I think not getting captaincy hurt him as well. Well, I'd, I'd look at perhaps that. Um, the fact that, well, Graham, we, we, we spoke about this and I think we reported this. Saudi were looking at this deal potentially in 2024, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe this was a long term. Yeah, him, like, him and Pogba yeah. in 2024, but obviously they try their luck now, see if they can. Mo Salah's not going to win the Champions League this season because Liverpool aren't in it. Mm-hmm. Liverpool are outsiders at best to win the Premier League because Man City are in it. Um, so even if Salah does, what what's really on the table for Salah at Liverpool this season? Really, when you think, and, and on the table in general, Scott, because I think another thing with Saudi. This is a good time because Real Madrid is off the table now. They were always considered the ones who most likely to come in for Salah. It just never worked out. And now with Mbappe, more than likely to go to Real Madrid, Valverde, Stein, Benicia, the chance of Salah to Real Madrid are virtually non-existent now, we would assume. So I think that's where the Saudis got a boost as well. We'll see. Uh, Saudi have uh, completed a couple of transfers over the past few days, which... You know, it, they've made some massive moves, but I think I'm Eric Laporte, obviously from Man City, a little bit of a surprise, but I think that the one that's really piqued interest really is uh, taking Gabri Vega off Napoli, essentially. Uh, now, this is one of the most promising 
young midfielders in in European football. Aldi Graham, twenty one ish. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, he's one of the youngest players in Spain. So, ironically, he's one of the younger players in the under twenty one squad. Yeah, so you know uh, that deal's getting over the line. They've made some other massive acquisitions as well. I think Graham, do you think the Salah deal would be the biggest one that they've done? Oh, Especially would, now, even Salah would blow anything apart from the Mbappe offer they made, which was wasn't tongue in cheek, but they, they were hoping for that. So the Mbappe offer was the biggest one, but yeah, Salah would be um, proper money, 150 million euros, and that deal as well. Because what, what's Ronaldo on three million pound a week? Ronaldo, something like that in that ballpark. I can't imagine. I don't know. Yeah, it's, but Salah would be on more than that. And yeah, Salah's definitely the biggest one. But yeah, I, I totally agree that Vega, I find the Vega one fascinating. From people I'm talking to in Europe, I think of all the deals that's happened, Scott, this one has the European clubs quite worried a little bit. You know, all these players who've gone there, Ruben Neves, the only one that's really picked the interest in England was Ruben Neves. We were a bit surprised, you know, but there was no takers here. Gabby Vega had takers. As you say, Scott, he was on the brink of joining Napoli the best club in Italy, one of the best clubs in Europe. He, he was going to play with Osiman, Kavishvila, you know, like, and he's turned that down to go to Saudi. I, I, I'm a bit worried by the Vega one. You know, we, we knew the clubs in England liked him, Man City, Newcastle, Liverpool, um, United, but clubs weren't willing to pull the trigger. But Napoli were, it was a, virtually a done deal. So I do find it fascinating that he's decided to go. And I think it's a huge coup for the, for the Pro League. A lot of these ones are, yeah, getting good players in, you know, money of them on the retirement tours. But Gabri Vega isn't. He's a sensational player. So I think there's a slight worry, that one. Did you both see the post from Tony Kroos on Instagram? He called it embarrassing that Gabri Vega was going there rather than Napoli. Um, I just wanted to quickly touch on Al Etihad's wages. We've mentioned <laughs> Ronaldo. I just want to flag Benzema, Kante, Fabinho, the three high-profile players that Al Etihad have signed this year. They've committed £300 million this year just on wages for those three. And we're talking about Salah potentially topping Ronaldo, who himself would earn an annual salary if he earns £177 million a year. It's eye-watering is it staggering mm. and it does beg the question what the future of football is if this is the money that is available this year what heights is this going to go to in years to come graham are they going to get more i i think i think i think uefa i think uefa unfortunately i think uefa will see the 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 dollar signs i think they'll think rather than thinking what a danger this is and how do we protect europe i think they'll be thinking how do we get saudi involved and that's oh, the totally. that, that's the main danger, and 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 the Champions League spot. It's been it's been speculated, but how can that happen? Because to be in Europe, you have to abide by a financial fair play. But I suspect the UEFA would come up with a reasoning behind. You know, if all the Saudi teams are playing eleven playing field, whoever the Saudi team is, so be it. They're coming to Europe. They'll probably get and they'll probably get maybe a fraction of the money that Manchester United would for being in the Champions League. But that that wouldn't bother the Saudi clubs. They just want the to be on TV playing the Champions League against Manchester United Old Trafford. That's what they want. They don't care if they got paid a dollar for that. The Saudi teams, are they bothered about picking up $100 million? You know, what a minute's worth of oil tax that they bring in. It, it's, I think that's the major worry, Guy. But I think UEFA will be looking at it. I think UEFA will let them in. I think UEFA oh, yeah. will allow the Saudis in. And I can see where if they've all got 11 playing field, let them get on with it. But I think there has to be some... As you say, Toby, to, to, to those wages, it's just it's just staggering, isn't it? It's just that you can't even you can't even compare for El and Al Hitahad to to have Benzema and Kante, which we thought. Remember when Benzema went? Such as we're becoming we're becoming numb to this almost. Where when Benzema happened, we were like, "Wow, oh my God, look at that!" And now we're suggesting here that Salah could get played Marvin Ronaldo, and there's no shock on our face. There's no shock in any, and people listening won't be shocked by that, will they? We're becoming numb to this Saudi Arabian thing already. It's only been around six to eight weeks. <laughs> it's, it's staggering, really. But yeah, um, I don't see how we stop it. But it's up to UEFA. You know, if UEFA if UEFA let them in, you worry about the dam being breached, don't you? Because they'll they'll want one team in the Champions League, then they'll want two teams and one team in Europa League. And where will it stop? I'll tell you who else will be loving this: FIFA. 
it's going to make the club world cup what they've always wanted it to be right they've just expanded it to but that, that's why you wait for you wait for you wait for be like well we're going to beat them to the punch here we're going to make sure that that the Saudi clubs don't care about the FIFA World Cup because because which which what do you want to play in? Do I play in the FIFA World Cup or the Champions League? That's the that's the golden goose, isn't it? And that's where they want to be. Yes, indeed, uh, Toby. I'll just come back to you on uh, final word on Salah. Do you expect this move to happen at some point in the next year? Yes, if it doesn't happen this summer, I think it will happen next summer. I think Liverpool will be offered the same amount of money that they're being offered now, most likely. Salah certainly will be offered the same amount of money. And if I'm saying it represents a good business deal now, you can only imagine what in 12 months' time Liverpool will be thinking when he's got I, one year left on his contract. I think, Scott, as you're talking about this next week, and we're, this time next week, I think we'll be talking about Salah again and whether it's happening, whether he's made that push. Like we saw Kane with a little bit twice. If he, I think if, if he if, does push, if he agitates for this, yeah, we we might be we, we might be doing a couple of Salah specials. Yes, indeed. Uh, so we wait and see. Jurgen Klopp has said they would be a they would give a no. Uh, but Liverpool have been faced with offers from Saudi Arabia already. I'd, li- I'd like to look back. Summer. What did he, what did he say about Fabinho and Henderson when we first heard about that? I think that was out. That was out of season, wasn't it? Was it? I yeah, I just before pre season, wasn't it? Yeah, it probably, yeah, probably helped. I, I know it'd be conjecture on our part. Just say Salah does agitate for this. Who is in the market right now? Because I think Liverpool would need to go and get somebody in. I know we've just said that they've got four other quality options, but surely they'd be thinking Mohammed Kudus. Toby be looking really, yeah. Toby looking really worried there. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Um, yeah, a player didn't quite about. He'd be he'd be a wonderful fit there, wouldn't he, Toby? So let's uh, let's get let's get that done and dusted. Hammers. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a second. But just on <laughs> just on Liverpool, um, uh, nobody really jumps out to me. So I mean, maybe Liverpool could bank the money for six months and and plan. You got like I think they've used Harvey Elliott in that in that role under Salah um, at times. Obviously, different types of players entirely. But as Graham mentioned, they do have a wealth of options That's up front. What about a well, well, young Welshman that we'll talk about later in the show, Brendan Johnson? Scott? Potentially, yes, indeed. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk Liverpool. They've shown interest in, well, the whole show's been Liverpool so far. Let's talk more Liverpool. Gabri Vega has been of interest to Liverpool, but obviously, uh, as they've tried to sign a midfielder or three or four throughout the summer, they do have three. They have signed three. Do they want another one, Graham, before the window closes? They do. Yeah. What's the message we're getting? Our sources telling us uh, the, it'd be surprised now if they didn't bring another one in. They've, they've got a list of players and know who to like. You know, if, and, and two players particularly who they really like. Um, one is, let's get to Andre first at Fluminense. If he was available now, just available, I think they'd do that deal. There's a lot of people like him, wonderful player, talented, holding midfielder. The problem with him is he's a Fluminense who are still in the Copa Libertadores and they're making progress. They've got the second they've got the second leg coming up against, I think it's a Peruvian team, but the, the second leg of that is literally on August 31st, but they think they're going to win it. So basically, Andre is not not going to leave. You know, it's a full one of Fulham tracks out in January. Well, I should say, Andre scored against Olympia uh, a matter of hours ago after we recorded this. Uh, what was the score in the game? Fluminense two nil. Well, they so won. he's probably he's probably, but that's a death knell to his own move there. If he was to get one, he's probably helped that. So we can rule it out completely. He's not moving. That was the well, that by the looks of it, that was the quarterfinal first leg. Yeah, so exactly. He scored yeah, so in it. So not the gonna, second leg yeah. is next week, and they have a two nil lead. And he's not looking. Yeah, so that's a great, that's a great segue, Scott. He's uh, confirms Andre is not going, so we can rule him out. Uh, the other one, the other main one, is is Gravenberch. You know, a player who um, I spoke about on the show what ten days ago to a week. Um, not blowing me on to. I did say watch out for Gravenberch. I thought he was going to still play a massive part in this window. Not a safe Liverpool. Could be United as well. But he wants to come to England. The player wants to come. Thomas Tuchel. From what we're hearing, basically he's getting sick of Graven Birch's whinging. He's not going to start, and he's just said to the buying hierarchy, "Look, if we can get him in, let him go. Let him go now, because then we can bring someone else in themselves." So that is the issue. I think there's a very good chance Graven Birch is in the Premier League by the time we talk next Friday, Scott. I think the chances are it might be Liverpool. 
Um, they do still like Manu Kone from Gladbach, but you know, if you're going to do that, do that eight weeks ago when you were first talking to him. I don't see them going back in for him now. I think Graven Birds ticks a lot of boxes, and and the price, if to, to be permanent, and, and I had to double check this, I was told from our German sources, it was 20 million. I was like, wow, okay, but but basically, to get him the money back, that's all they paid Ajax for him. So that'd be a remarkable deal, I think, for Liverpool. Get him in, and I can see, you know, then they've got four midfielders in there. Scott, I think he adds that. You know, he's not the perfect number six, but against most of the lesser lights in the Premier League, he could play there quite easily. Um, I think he's more of a box-to-box midfielder could do it. But yeah, I think Graven Birch. When we're talking next Friday, I think there's a good chance we're talking about him being a new Premier League signing. In red, maybe, because uh, I've just moved can, Man United I, up. I can up. guarantee he'll be in red, yes. He'll be in red, Scott. In in red. Uh, which which kit will he be wearing? United won him as well. Um, we, did a, we did a story a few days ago, Graham, I think Monday, saying, obviously, he's been pushing to go. Thomas Tuchel's wanting to keep him as a squad player, but he does have... He's not going to get much football at Bayern, really, the way it's looking. Uh, throughout the season, especially didn't last season either under Nagelsmann and Tuchel. He has Euro 2024 to think about as well, so he needs regular football. Man United, uh, we'll move them up the list, Toby, so we'll, we'll come to Irons in the fire in a second, just because uh, it looks like, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll follow up on this, but Luke Shaw is ruled out for two months, uh, possibly longer. Uh, so United have... A lot of injury issues because Mason Mount's also been ruled out for a few weeks this week as well. So Man United potentially in the hunt for a player like Ryan Gravenberg, but they do need to offload some players first in order to release a little bit of cash to sign players they want. Graham, where are we with, you would say Liverpool's uh, advance on Gravenberg is slightly further ahead Currently. Yeah, I think that's significant. Yeah, I think they are further ahead and they're aware United of interest as well. United have just got themselves caught up a little bit in circles here. Um, you know, I've said I'm not being wise and high. So, you know, I've never been a fan of that wind of the window they've been doing so far, Scott. And um um yeah, Luke Shaw might be an issue. You got you got Malachi there, haven't you? So um injured also. Is he? Oh, I didn't realise that. Well, in that, if that's the case, then yeah. So I said to you, didn't I, that if, 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 you brought, if you brought Benjamin Pavard in and Amrabat, that you would suddenly have a successful window. Those two deals are not progressing. Um, Pavard is on his way to Inter. You know, they haven't got Maguire out, so unfortunately he's going elsewhere. In terms of Amrabat, Fiorentina really getting a bit frustrated now. They're saying this, they want this done by Monday and they're telling the player in United this. But Donny van der Beek isn't going anywhere as yet. Van der Beek is fit, and United just been fairly solid in their stance that they want a permanent deal. Real Sociedad, uh, with, with his injury record, they're not willing to do a permanent deal. They will do a loan, potentially with an option. That is still do a permanent deal, really, though. Like, know, he hasn't yeah, played football it, for 18 months. <laughs> totally. You can see where Sociedad are coming from, can't you? They like the player. The player wants to go. Let's do, let's do a deal. United, but United are standing firm as as they did with Harry Maguire. They're standing firm. They won't they won't shift on this, and and it's costing them a little bit, Scott. You know, um, it means now with Mason Mount ruled out. Although, how much of a blow that is to you, I'm not sure. Um, I said earlier that I prefer the midfield unit as it was last season with Christian Eriksen in it, and I didn't like it then than the the one I've seen what? in the first two weeks of the season. What you, you what Miss Mount isn't the signing of the summer? Is that what you are trying to reveal to us, Scott? The Miss Mount isn't the signing of the summer. Um, Scott McTominay still can't go, and and the thing is, Scott, you can't let Scott McTominay go now. Can they you? need really? him. <laughs> um, it's it's a real mess, and you know, um, it and Ho- Hoyland still injured, is he? Um, I'm feeling for you. <laughs> um, um, who thought I'd feel? Be sympathetic for you. It's that bad. I'm feeling sympathy for you right now. Um. I think you might try. I think you will get a midfielder in by next Friday. But it's going to be a mad rush again, though, Graham. Isn't it? It's going to be oh, another one of those. Uh... Like I'm, I'm about surely. You know, surely, this is Manchester United. You know, when we're talking about, <laughs> oh, you've, got, you, you've got a credit card down the, you've got a credit card down the back of that MUTV sofa somewhere. Just get it out and pay it. I'm, I'm about will be such a, a an. I like I'm, I must admit, I like Hammer back more than Gravenberch in terms of what both United and Liverpool would need him for. 
Um, I think you need to do that. It's as bad as United probably need both of them, to be honest. I know, I know that they've got Kobe Manu, but he's injured. I think they're the one. He's the and one Pav- that they envisioned and Pav- being Casemiro's replacement. And allowing Pavard to go as well, where if you'd got Pavard in, suddenly you could have played him right back and moved Dallo to left back. Not much of an issue. But because you haven't got Pavard, you still in. can move Dallo to left back with Wan Bissaka at right. Yeah, but obviously Brandon Williams, obviously letting him go as well. Um, I think no, but I say I think you'll get a midfielder in. I wouldn't. I think Harry Maguire is unlikely now. I wouldn't say it's 100% off that he leaves. But what I'm hearing is there's still a possibility, but unlikely at this stage. But I think the midfielder, um, I think you will do that, Scott. I think you will bring one in. But as you say, why not do it now? But it's going to be a scramble, as it looks like. Am I the only one who thinks it's utterly mad that United haven't pulled the trigger on Sofian Amrabat yet, considering it's just over 20 million? I think he's really, really, really good. And given the limitations that appear to have crept into Casemiro's game, I'd have thought that would have been an urgent thing to do and not taken to the last week of the window to potentially allow Atletico or anybody else to try and sneak in and say, hey, you'll be the cornerstone of our team. Because I don't think United are going to offer Amrabat that. But at 20 million, he's such good value. That's 90 million less than Moises Caicedo, for Christ's sake. He's not five times less of a player than Caicedo. There's bargains to be had out there, Toby. As I've said about more, your your future signing, we'll come on to kudos. I'm still amazed that United haven't shown more of an interest oh, there. Totally than, than solidified. Right. Um, Graham, the, the, the line is from United though. It's been all summer. We don't have much cash, right? We need to sell before we buy. And like I know we, they've made their announcement on Mason Greenwood. They've made a decision on Mason Greenwood as well. So you think that they're now light up front and a player like. Kudus would be a a strong player to bring in there if you're gonna you know. Well, who knows a player who a player who Ten Hag likes knows well. Uh, you, you 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 looked in January very strongly at him as well, Scott. It's a player who he likes. I did send a cheeky message to Toby in midweek actually, which we didn't share with you at the time. So I did say which United have had the better window, and I just put it was just Kudos Alvarez, Mountain Highland. We agreed without saying the words that <laughs> compare the two compared to what you're getting I, right now. Yeah. West Ham have Imagine if you've part. got them too for, for that, for that money, Scott, imagine if you've got Kudos and, and Alvarez. Yeah. What might have been? Well, huh? well, Graham, they're getting Johnny Evans. So, you know, all is well. Uh, yeah. Evans coming out one day. And obviously Mason Greenwood, we will find that he's going to go out on loan from our understanding, Scott. Um, and I understand it is that it was a U-turn from United. Richard Arnold um, originally agreed for him to come back into the squad for whatever reason. He will tell us in the future, maybe. Um, they changed their mind. Uh, and now he's going out on loan. Um, but United aren't selling. And they've got an option to him for 2026, which I fully expect him to take up. So I, I think he will go out on loan. Is is it, Will he definitely not play for Manchester United again? I don't think we can say that, Scott. I think it'd be interesting to see. Next 12 months will obviously be massive, but I don't think 100% we can say that we'll never see Mason Greenwood in Manchester United Red again. Well, uh, Man United have had an awful few weeks. Uh, they've dealt with that, for my money, terribly as well. Is Dean Henderson mm. going anywhere, Graham? <laughs> You're a puppy dog eyes here, Scott. Um, yeah, they're trying. Um, they really are trying to move Henderson on. Um, we did allude to the fact, didn't we, that when Matt Turner arrived at Forest, that they were going to pull, well, basically, yeah, pull the plug, which they have done. And it's um, it's a real issue for United. What, it seems, you know, whatever they touch at the moment, I don't know. What's the episode of Turn to Gold? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. But everything that you touch at the minute just turns into chaos. Um, and you you're in you have done a good job in terms of this keep it where you are in talks with Fenerbahce for Altair Bindia to come in to replace Henderson. You're talking to Crystal Palace about Henderson. Um, Palace want a loan deal option. Henderson doesn't really want that. There's li- there's links with Sheffield United, which I could see more so than Palace actually. I think Sheffield United might be your saviors here, but that's going to be a loan deal, and you're going to have to pay a big chunk of his wages. Henderson's the highest paid number two in the Premier League at the minute. What He's a great 100- decision that was! <laughs> exactly, it's it's missed and and. You bring, you know, I think the only reason he's not going to stay as number two is United told Henderson last week he wants to be number two. He again made it clear, Scott, he doesn't want to do that. So can you keep someone who really doesn't want to be at the club there? I think they've brought come that decision. They can't. Um, it's another mess, really. This, you know, it's been an absolute car crash. It really, it's at it, some yeah, points, you know, the way, the way from the way they've treated David De Gea to the way they've treated Harry Maguire, it's been come. To- Sags Ferguson must be despairing of the way that club are acting and David Gill must be despairing of the way they're acting you know we thought it was going to get better under Richard Arnold if anything it's getting worse Scott and 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 but yeah but Henderson probably by the time we speak next Friday he will have gone and you'll have Altair Bayandir as your new number two which I'm sure you'll be delighted about United have somehow allowed Dean Henderson's stock to plummet so far that even if he did go to Crystal Palace I don't think he would oust Sam Johnston as number one. Certainly not initially. Exactly. So... Yeah. Why would you do that? To... And I think the thing is, Forrest played played the yeah. Forrest though. Where we'll take we'll take him on law. It's again this thing, Scott. Where it's becoming a round and round we go with United. They're demanding certain things: a permanent deal for Van der Beek, permanent deal for Maguire, and we're not paying his full wages. Permanent deal for Henderson. And what 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 do we notice about all these players are still at the club? <laughs> yeah, other clubs, the United are not in a position. I think they're taking these positions on players, and other clubs are like for like Forest going, okay, we'll take Matt Turner then. Cheers, see you there. But they are <laughs> taking a million pounds here or there for a young academy product, Scott, who can't break into the team. So hey, you're making some money at least. Hey, play them all, play them all. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's do the let's do the irons in the fire. We need some. I need to press a button. We need some kind of jingle. I know I said this when we made this thing up. Um, I need some button to press that would be an irons in the fire jingle. Um, you should press mute now, Scott, because listening to Toby um, wax lyrical about Mohamed Kudos might not cheer you up. Well, that. David Moyes is going to use him, and he came to United and he couldn't do anything but finish sev- seventh or seventh, wasn't it? But he, he did better with West Ham than he did with Manchester United <laughs> in terms of go. league finish and tell European us, trophy. T- tell us about West Ham, Toby. Mohamed Kudos, we're almost there, uh, will be a really amazing signing, I would say, for West Ham, in truth, as Graham's already touched on. United have looked at Kudos this summer with strong interest. Chelsea like him. Arsenal have liked him. But it's West Ham who are moving forward with this. And Tim Steeden, to his credit, has been working day and night to get this deal done for West Ham. Uh, They'd had two bids rejected. Uh, I accidentally you might remember that she agreed a fee with Brighton earlier this summer, which was around 40 million euros and West Ham made a bid of that amount. And it was turned down by Ajax and me and Graham learned that it was West Ham's payment terms, really that Ajax were not too pleased with. It was West Ham looking to spread the payments out over a number of years. They've gone back to the table with an improved payment plan. So the deal as it stands now is 41 million euros plus 3 million in add-ons. So that equates to about 35 million plus two and a half. Kudos played for Ajax last night in the Europa League playoff uh, first leg tie and scored a hat-trick, which for West Ham fans was great to see, but also probably fretting, thinking, good Lord, somebody's going to come in and sign him um, or put the price up. But our understanding, Tim Steeden in Bulgaria today, talking to Ajax officials with the intention of getting Kudos on a plane to come back to London to do a medical and to is get it, it done. It, will it be as simple as this, Toby? There's a week left in the transfer window. He's just scored a hat-trick in a Champions... Is it Champions League qualifier? Or... Europa League. Europa so, League qualifier, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he's got a week left. There's clubs, Ordinarily, you know. yeah. Ordinarily, I would say, be worried as a West Ham fan. But 
Kudos did do an interview after the game. And I know things can change in football, but he was asked about West Ham specifically. He coyly said, good club. Yeah. And then smiled. And even further that by saying, this most likely is my last game for Ajax. Um, so he's all but confirmed that he is leaving. Something would need to go dramatically wrong now for West Ham for somebody else to come in and hijack this why this you had Neil, Tim but... Steeding in place, Toby, isn't it? It's why you appointed one of the best... Closers. Op- one of the best deal. operators, at this technical directors, one of the football sporting directors, one of the best operators in Europe. This is why you brought him in. I don't know how much time you could have saved if they hadn't been fighting about transfer targets for a good few weeks before. Yeah, well, but, it's but, important but to know. He's been proved, a... right? Yeah, yeah this is a right? Steden target, isn't it, Graham? David Moyes oh, has yeah. had his way with a couple, but this is very much a Steden driven one. Moyes likes him, but Steden has really hammered we home do, that this is yeah. the boy. We said on Friday on the show, because we are told that the same as a forward, a centre forward, um, play up there. Moyes can play with two, he likes him, because then Yusuf and Nesri talk, so you come on to that, Toby, as well. I think we'll see another one as well. And we might even see Antonio leave, but um, yeah, I think, um, I think, I think Moyes. Is what this is one he will like anyway because he's he'll be he'll turn him into a Moyes type player because I think he will play centrally. I, I think it's a perfect replacement for Antonio personally. The other thing to obviously say there is Lucas Pakatar's move to Manchester City is off while this probe continues about potential betting breaches. Um, so for West Ham to look at their squad now and think they've got Jared Bowen, Pakatar, Kudos, and as Graham's just mentioned there, there's interest reignited in Youssef in the series from Sevilla. West Ham have liked him for a couple of years and talks are underway between the two clubs for a move for him. Intuition would say that maybe West Ham can't afford to do both as a permanent deal. So kudos signing could lead to a loan deal for Enesiri with an option potentially, but Sevilla need money. I think yeah, that if, we, if we get, if, we, if you get Antonio out, Toby, I think that's the thing is you can't be, you can't let Antonio go out without a replacement, but if you get Antonio and have kudos and Enesiri, then wow, what a stunning window that would be. I think the pressure is on West Ham, though, to actually bring these players in and get them to perform because we've been down this road before last season with Skamaka and a couple it's of just others. Boy, Lee it's just, Anderson, just long, 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 long lump in the box. Kudos on this, we on the end of it. That's fine. Sounds good in principle, but it needs to actually happen on the field. But hey, it, it looks good right now and it's a much brighter what, picture than the one you've got. What, what price to end the series would be, a, uh, would be decent, you know? Several several minutes of airtime in the Super Cup against Man City recently. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, anything else to add on West Ham, Toby? I think West Ham ideally would like to uh, bring in another left back. So Aaron Cresswell, we've spoken about this on previous shows. He wants out of West Ham, really, and Emerson's been playing at left back currently. I don't think a move to Wolves is dead in the water for Cresswell and that could still happen but to allow that West Ham would need to bring somebody in and we also understand some championship teams looking at Ben Johnson who's only got one year left on his West Ham contract so there could be movement there but West Ham said half a dozen signings and they've only made three so far so it could be kudos plus in the series and maybe one more there is there is one left back guys who went throwing for West Ham it was one we will do a story on Toby um it's emerging that Porto are willing to let Zaidi go, um, the left back, who Nottingham Forest are looking at as well. Aston Villa have looked at him as well. So there's a lot, a lot of moving parts here. But um, yeah, I, and I've also been told West Ham, um, let's keep an eye on Marco Sacuna at Seville. Available, didn't happen to. So I think there's a lot of left backs out there um, who, you know, Zaidi Snoussi, the Porto left back, fascinating player as well so I think there is a, I think Tim Steeden's going to be doing a few there Toby as well we'll be doing a piece on on these left backs but um, yeah I think a left back is very much on on their radar Let's stay in London for the next couple of teams let's go north to Arsenal, Graham let's start with Holler and Balogun been after a move all summer the move is on the brink or it's closing in. His exit is closing in. Where is he going and for how much money do we know? He's going to Monaco, Monte Carlo or bust as it is. Um, he's going to Monte Carlo to replace Brilliant Bowler who did his crucial ligament at the start of August. Basically season-ending injury for him. And I think Monaco's appealed to Balogun from the outset. You know, he's had interest in Inter. Obviously, once they found out the one, the one more than twenty-five million into backed away, Chelsea inquired as well. 
I'm not sure how much the player would have loved to go to Chelsea. He'd get game more game time in Arsenal, but would he start it? Maybe, maybe not. So I think this is an ideal landing spot for him. You know, if I have to impress at Ream, we've got 22 goals last season. Um, and the deal coming in looks to be around 45 million euros is the fee we're hearing. Arsenal wanted 50 million pound. They weren't going to get that, but they're not a mil- in terms with add-ons. It's it's not dissimilar to what happened with the kudos thing. When you when you add the add-ons as well and sell-on fees, it, it does almost creep up there. And I think that's a similar thing with Balogun here. If he performs for Monaco and the sell-ons, Arsenal won't, won't be far off getting what they wanted. But yeah, the players um, agreed terms. He'll have a medical soon. But yeah, Balogun is going back to France with uh, Monaco. I think it's a good move for him. Kieran Tierney likely to follow him out the door as well. Yeah, Real Sociedad got this one over the line. Obviously, it shows that Sociedad can negotiate with some Premier League teams, Scott, successfully. And they have done it with Arsenal. Uh, for Quintini, they're willing to take his whole wages for the whole season, um, but with no option to buy. So, um, yeah, Tini's agreed terms with them. It, this is a bit of a blow for Brendan Rodgers. We understand he was wanting to take him to Celtic, was close, but Celtic are not in position to take a Premier League defender's wages for the whole season. Um, so it's a big outlay from Sociedad, to be fair. He's not, he's not, on, he's not on pocket money at Arsenal. So it's a big outlay. Yeah, a bit of a blow for Brendan Rodgers, but it was a long shot. Um, he's going to be going to Sociedad for the season. Can I just add on Balogun? What an incredible bit of business that would be for Arsenal. He's only played two first-team games for them. Do you look at that, Scott, and think, why can't United do that? <laughs> well, because United pay all their youth players 200 grand a week. Very true. Very true. <laughs> But yeah, two I'm, games. I'm, I'm over egging it there, but Dean Hend- Dean Henderson, as he, as we say, is uh, mm. I know he's 26, but he's on he, what 100k a week after a couple of good seasons in the Premier League. Unnecessary. Anyway, sorry, Toby, I, I cut you off. Just going to say it's a record sale for Arsenal, isn't it? That would eclipse the 35 million for Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, and Balogun has played twice in the Premier League and 10 games in all competitions, which is mainly Carabao Cup. So. Very, very good business by Edu and uh, Mikel Arteta. Let's, uh, Graham, I'll come back to you. Interest, is there any in, I think a lot of FPL players anyway, we're looking at Gabriel and thinking, is all right there? Because he hasn't, definitely me, I just transferred him out of my team for tonight's deadline. Um, lost a 0.1 of a mil as well off his value, so I had to take a hit there. Has not been starting. Arteta seems to, I know we can chop and change, but Arteta seems to decide, all right, this is my 11 and I'm going to stick with it for as long as I can. And Gabriel isn't in it. Uh, so is he staying? What's the plan there? And we can throw Thomas Party in there as well because he's the one who started right back recently as well, but been linked with the move away. Yeah, no shock to me. As you know, I've never been a huge fan of Gabriel. I've had a lot of interesting conversation with a colleague, Harry, about Arsenal and I always thought that Saliba was just a step above him. Um, obviously, Mikel Arteta is coming around to my thinking now. I just thought that Gabriel always had a rick in him. However, the Arsenal fans who do love Gabriel don't worry too much. He's not going this summer. Um, he's going to stay and fight for his place. Arsenal not really in a need to do that, you know. Um, and especially losing Timber. I think if Timber had stayed fit, I think this might have had a bit of legs in it. Um, and the player would have looked. But with Timber being ruled out... Doesn't look like they're getting the right back in. Or again, I wouldn't rule it out necessarily. If a right back comes up, they might might do a bit of business. But we saw Tommy Ashu involved again recently, so I think they're fairly well covered there. Um, so not not unless a silly off a big offer came in for Gabriel, would they let him go. Same with Thomas Party, where they were willing to listen to offers for Party um, early in the summer. But I think they've seen how the season's gone. They need him. I think Party might be one in January um, if he doesn't play at all till January. He, he might look to move. If he plays, he'll stay. Um, but I think Arsenal, no, it'd take over 50 million to get him now. And even the Saudi Pro League are not willing to do that for him. So if you've got um, Party and Gabriel, yeah, they'll be staying until January at least. Chelsea, always busy. Uh, we talked up Andre Santos as being potentially one of the best uh, young players to arrive in the Premier League this season, but he won't be playing for Chelsea, Graham. Sorry, Scott. I'm sorry, I do beg your pardon. I was just reading. I was reading a message that I had. I heard about. It was about a West Ham. I was reading a message. There. Sorry, can you repeat that? Sorry. That's all right. I do beg your pardon. I will. Uh, anything good? Oh. It was just more more stuff on the left back situation, which uh, will uh, will will bring bring all the listeners the news of that when we finish the pod. 
And just for the listeners and for Graham's benefit again, uh, Andre Santos was uh, one of the the best. Well, we we talked about him before as being potentially mm. one of the best young signings to arrive in the Premier League, but he won't be playing for Chelsea, will he? This no, I think they've been sensible here. They, they were going to keep him, and they made the decision to do so. But and, and they didn't think they thought we're not going to loan him to France. So we're not going to do that. But this option has come up um, in terms of loaning him out to Nottingham Forest for a season. So they've thought about it, and you know, if they can get thirty Premier League games out of him. They're thinking that's a good thing, you know. Let let let, let him get thirty Premier League games. They're a decent team. Uh, play decent football. Um, so that's the way they're going. Um, Chukwemeka's out injured now. I think that what this does is solidifies Conor Gallagher's situation at the club. He'll be staying. And we watch out for Conor Gallagher because he may very well sign a new deal quite quickly after the window shuts as well. He's in twenty twenty five. Think if he, think Chelsea will want him to commit, and so we might see that. Keep an eye. Will he sign till twenty thirty three? Well, quite possibly. <laughs> and and it does bring up the case of uh, Leslie Okachukwu as well, where he goes. I think it's 50-50s to see what they do with that. But I think it's a great sign for Forrest. Forrest are doing quite a lot here. Watch out. I think Gonzalo Montiel's come in. Brilliant signing. As we just alluded to there, it looks like they're competing with West Ham for Zaidu Sanusi at Porto, but also, again, for Marcus Acuna looking at bringing that full. They do love a fullback at Forrest. I will give them that. And but the, when you look at the midfielders they've gone for, I think it sums up where friend friend of that, I mean, Ross Wilson, who's gone in there at Rangers. The, the midfielders they've gone for, we see we see a scattergun approach, approach from some teams. But I'd just like to shout out to him because the midfielders they've gone for, Yusuf Fafana, Florentino Luis, Ibrahim Sangare. That is a mightily impressive list. Yeah, they haven't got them. I know they haven't got them. But that is the sort of midfielders who, who you'd like to see United link to them, Scott. I know, Toby, you saw West Ham link to a few of those and you're more than happy. And now Andrea Santos is next in line. I think that's hugely impressive. And it's a key with these teams to get your recruitment right off the field as well. And and I like Santos. I think Santos is an excellent signing for them. Forrest are one of the ones we'll be talking about up to Friday, Scott. I think they're probably, they're not being crazy, but They've been quite sensible, which isn't something we hear very often with Forrest. But I think they are approach it sensibly now and get I think it's more quality over quantity now for Forrest, and they are realizing that. And I think Andrea Santos is a is a is a wonderful pickup for them. Anyone have Forrest to uh, be in trouble this season? I don't I think they'll be fine personally. Oh yeah, if 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 you didn't have Luton Luton, <laughs> Sheffield United and Everton as your bottom three, um you're all taking a big L. I'm not. Wow. Well, great. Well, I think Wolves are still very much in that conversation after their second ever season performance. Fulham. No, I, I just think Everton are that bad. I think Everton are atrocious. I think Fulham have got players in there to do. I think Wolves squad once Gary O'Neill gets hold of. I think that squad suits Gary O'Neill. Toby, I think, I think they're quite fortunate. I think we see some managers going players, don't we? And the squad doesn't suit them, which I think Everton and Dice didn't really suit. But I, I, th- I just think they've got nothing. I just think they've got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing. The, the way Tarkowski and Kane, uh, you know, it, it's no. I think I think it's rotten, rotten, unfortunately rotten at the car at Goodison, and they'll be. Um, yeah, I think this will be one of the most boring in terms of relegation. One of the most boring Premier Leagues we've ever seen, because I think those three will be down by Easter. All, all I'll say on Michael Keane is, speaking as a West Ham supporter, thank God David Moyes did not get his way on that one when he was in. Well, I think Ke- Keane sums it up. Callum Keane's been the best one of them. That's what sums it up. I think he's been their best one, which sums it up. Um, yeah, I yeah. Unfortunately for Everton, we're not talking about much today in, in terms of transfer, Scott, because there's not much to tell. But um, no, yeah, I think Everton. And they do play each other. So you can't obviously don't have TC. Everton Wolves and you'll be rubbing it on Tuesday when Everton win 3-0. But even if they did do that this weekend, I still think they'll be gone. We sorry if, if you support Everton, sorry. Yeah. And sorry in, for in, 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 in every sense of the word, Scott, I like that. Just 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 sorry. Just sorry. <laughs> On paper, that is the worst looking fixture of the Premier League weekend, isn't it? Everton against Wolves. A six pointer in week three. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, no I, that's, that's one of the fixtures you want to see, isn't it? That's a real six pointer. It's a great, Oh, it's absolutely not. Name me a player who might score in that game. It's got nil-nil written all over it. Or if there is a goal, it's because of an error. But I say, if you if we'll you look see. at the one, two, if you look at the two elevens, though, there's not many Everton players getting in that combined. If you did a combined Wolves Everton team, there's not many Everton players getting in that. Well, we'll talk about a Wolves player in a second, uh, Toby. Mm. I'll come to you in a second, but I did just want to round off on Chelsea. Uh, Graham striker, do mm. they still want one? What's happening with Lukaku? 
if they still are looking at number nine and they desperately need one. Um, well, Nick Jackson know. might score a hat trick against Luton. He might, but he's still the poor man's Dominic Slanky for me. I think he's no better than Dominic. He's, he's not as good as Dominic Slanky. I stand by that. <laughs> um, you know, I, th- I think Chelsea's playing Nicholas Jackson up front is the only thing as a Man U fan that keeps cheers you up a little bit, Scott. I think watching him play as a number nine. Um, He's not good. Enough. They do. They are looking for a striker. I think Toby. One of the reason, another reason that he's desperate to get Kudos over the line. I'm surprised that Chelsea haven't come for him strong more strongly. Um, so I think we we were talking about a striker for Chelsea. Um, who out that? Did they look at a gift Orban, a Jonathan David? Possibly. You know, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out, but um, it'd be interesting with Chelsea in terms of Lukaku. He is he is an option for them. He's their best striker at Chelsea. Is Lukaku? They are in talks at the minute with Roma. Um, about a possible loan deal. What we're being told is, Scott, is this is possible rather than likely. I think Chelsea, from what I'm being told, the message coming is that we've been in this position before, which, as we know, they've been in this position quite a few times with Lukaku, so I don't think they're getting overly excited by it. Um, they'd like him to go there. Roma are looking around um, for a striker. Um, Tammy Abraham injured. Um, Zapata, but like at um, Atalanta, a player who Fulham also like as well. But there's an injury to El Bilal Toure till the new year, so that might scupper all all that. Um, so we'll have to see how that one pans out. So Roma, yeah, possible. Um, another possible landing spot for Mason Greenwood, as we understand. Jose Mourinho likes Mason Greenwood, so one for them as well. So Roma will be a striker in, see what it is. Will it be Lukaku? Um, I don't know. I think it'd be quite hard. I think Chelsea are willing to apparently though now, from what we understand, to take a straightforward loan, which makes it easier. But will we see other teams come in? Um, we'll have to see. Uh, Lukaku and Chelsea is such a hard one to predict. Um, it really is on the fence with that one. I know the relationship appears to have completely broken down between Lukaku and club, but the performance against West Ham last Sunday, Chelsea got off to a terrible start and then for the next half an hour dominated that game it helped that West Ham sat so far back but they created loads of chances and as you say Graham Nicholas Jackson just hasn't got the intuition to be in the right place at the right time Lukaku has that so actually if you put all of the off-field stuff aside I think Lukaku would probably be a really good fit for how Pochettino wants Chelsea to play because he takes chances well I think know his Premier League goal record is actually really really good Yes, I think it's one if we're, in... if we're still here next if we're still here next Friday, Toby, and Lukaku is still at Chelsea. I think Chelsea, from what we understand, the Chelsea hierarchy have said to Pochettino, "It's your choice. We're happy to bring him back in the squad if you want him." So I think if he's still at Chelsea this time next week, I think there's every chance that Poch could use him. One thing Chelsea have been highly criticised for is their squad not having the right attitude over the last few years. So I think maybe that that's uh, helped make Poch's decision for him. Uh, but uh, interestingly, anyway. Poch did say he's not spoken to Lukaku personally. He didn't. He so... didn't. He didn't. He, he had the chance to rule it out, didn't he, TC? And he didn't. He did. Poch. So I wonder if those two, if this doesn't materialise with Roma, if they do have a meeting, if there's any manager who's got a reputation for putting an arm around a player and making mm. them feel wanted and part of a project... It would be but that's Poch. a good point you make, Toby, as well. How, he hasn't. He, I think he's deliberately avoided speaking to Lukaku, so he can. He's got nothing to do with that. So when he does come back to speak to him, saying, "Look, me and you, clean bit of paper, let's get going," he hasn't got involved in it, has he? Which I think has been very sensible. Let's move to City, Toby. Uh, Lucas Bruketta not happening. Man City exploring alternatives. They've also signed Jeremy Doku this week. And uh, what are we expecting out of City? Uh, before the window closes over the next week or so. Well, they would like another central midfielder because not just Paqueta falling through, Kevin De Bruyne is out injured, isn't he, for the next three, four months. So we've been going back and forth about how City could fill that void. We'll probably see Phil Foden continue to play in a more central role uh, for City, have a more prominent role. Julian Alvarez, I think, actually might play a lot more for City this season, but behind Erling Haaland. But City did put a bid in for... Uh, Wolves midfielder Matthias Nunes, we understand. There's a £47 million in that region offer. Wolves turned it down. He's actually probably one of Wolves' best players now, isn't he, with Ruben Neves out of the door. Wolves don't want to sell him. And I think if they did sell him, it would be a huge blow to Gary O'Neill and their chances of Premier League survival. But 
he has a price and I don't think Wolves would turn away or our understanding is that Wolves maybe wouldn't turn away an offer in the region of 60 million. Uh, so it's up to City now to decide whether or not they want to go that high. They do have interest in Eberucci Eze from Crystal Palace, who has been wonderful, hasn't he, for the last six months. Ever since Patrick Vieira left and Roy Hodgson came back in, he's been Palace's best player by a mile, dictating the tempo of games, all that kind of good stuff. And I think Pep Guardiola has looked at that and City see him as a player who can control uh, proceedings, much like De Bruyne. So he's an option for them. And Graham, they've also got Kin and Dewsbury Hall as an as a someone they could look at. Obviously dropped down to the championship last year with Leicester. I would imagine has ambitions of being in the Premier League, certainly if City came in for him. Um and he's on the radar, shall we say? Yeah, you know, the the doing the due diligence on players. Dewsbury Hall's a wonderful footballer. He's by far the best player in the championship as we speak. And he's in you see he's got that he's got the skill set to I think to play at that level. I really do Toby. I, I put I put him up there with Harvey Barnes, etc. I think Jusby Hall is a remarkably good player. And if he did go to top top sixteen, he, he wouldn't he, he would stand out. I think he's that good. Um so it's a possibility. I wouldn't necessarily really uh, it depends how desperate City are, how how much they think they need that centre midfielder. Um because but we know they want other players as well. City have walked away. I think I can't remember which deal that Pep was referring to recently where he highlighted, didn't he, that they walked away from um, certain deals. Um, let's get my memory now. The, the Alexis Sanchez deal they walked away from. Harry Maguire as well. Harry Maguire, yeah. So I think that's a shot of the bow for any club where I don't think they'll get to 60 for, for um, Matias Nunes. Will Wolves come down? Possibly, because, you know, he's a good player, but he hasn't particularly stood out for me since he arrived in England. So... I think if you're getting fifty million for him, it's not a bad deal for for Wolves, really. I think it's a it's a little bit of a reach for me for him. Much depends, doesn't it, Graham, on the future of Calvin Phillips potentially. City, mm. I think, would be looking to let him go. Calvin Phillips, happy to stay and fight for his place. I think Pep, even with his bad back, Toby would uh, would be willing to give him a piggyback to wherever to go. <laughs> Although he'd be worried about the overweight Calvin Phillips, as he highlighted uh, not so long ago. Uh, during the pod we have or in the last couple of minutes we've had confirmation of Andre Santos's move to Nottingham Forest officially uh, and we just talked about that obviously it's come pretty sh- pretty soon maybe even for the 1pm as I say this did he make the deadline for the weekend to make his debut at Old Trafford we'll see uh, last topic on the show is Tottenham are they after a winger Graham and is it Brennan Johnson but do you like Brian Johnson? Obviously, he's on Chelsea's list as well. Most most people are. Um, <laughs> speak to that one, Scott. Um, it's an interesting one, Brian Johnson. And brilliant segue from Forrest as well. Forrest are making some real moves here. And, and they said, we'll cover the, they want this left back. And it appears that them and West Ham are fishing in the same pond. Um, you'll see a piece of me and Toby coming up about West Ham and Forrest battling for these left backs. But yeah, Brian Johnson, he, he's, he's 50 million. Forest don't want to sell, but fifty million might do the deal. As you know, Scott, you've seen as much of him as any of us um, from your Wales background. Um, wonderful talent. I think it's suit Tottenham down to the ground. I really do. I think it'd be a great sign in the end system. He can play centrally. He can play everywhere. As Forest have used him, Forest have used him everywhere. Um, keep an eye on this one. That's what I'd say with this. Even with Chelsea, keep an eye. He can play centrally. He can play everywhere. Um, and and the other player. For, for Tottenham when it came down is Jota mm. the Angie's former disciple at Celtic one of the many people one of the younger players to have taken the money and gone to Saudi but the, he's unsettled there he might be coming back very quickly he might be on the move and he's been from my understanding is he's been offered to Tottenham as one of the clubs one of the few clubs have been offered him so Possible loan deal, you know, because I think if 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 the Saudi clubs are willing to do a deal, um, could be an interesting one to keep an eye on that one. Um, Jota, player who we know Ange likes a lot. Um, he hasn't really been linked up a lot of his former players. You know, Hatati, the midfielder, has been linked to not a lot. Linked after a lot of his former players, but I think if Jota was available, interesting, especially if Johnson doesn't come about. But I think Johnson is the preference. But whether Forrest are willing to do this deal, um, I think there'll be a few more twists and turns here. I, I think fifty million would be a lot to turn down, but. To Tottenham have it in them to pay fifty million for Brendan Johnson. Not sure. 
I'd be surprised, to be honest. But surprised we'll if he see. went or not. Surprised, what, surprised if Tottenham would pay or surprised if he'd stay? I'd, I'd be surprised if Tottenham would pay that. Let's just say that. Do you think it's worth that, Scott? Well, it was, who can put any amount of money on what anybody's worth nowadays? I don't know. What, what is anyone worth? I, I, I couldn't really tell you. Um, it's just, it's a, yes, as, I mean, as, yes. as, as Toby said, it's a Premier League tax. Is Brendan Johnson a better player than Mohamed Kudos? As Toby sits there with a big smile on his face again. The Kudos, but as Toby said, it's a Premier League tax, isn't it? Coming in again. Whereas homegrown well, factor, what, yeah, it's. Um, I think that there's plenty of potential in Brennan Johnson. I think he needs to develop a little bit of a killer instinct, but he's got a lot of uh, a lot of qualities about him. And I think one thing made of the Tottenham system with Ange is over the past first two weeks is I didn't watch enough of Celtic, Graham. Uh, maybe you can mm. confirm this or whatever, but they have wingers who are inverted wingers. And Brennan Johnson, you play him on the right side, he's a right-footed player. You can get to that byline, cut it back, which is how Tottenham scored their first goal against United the other day. That might be what Andrew's looking for. Yeah, I think he um, he he's more um, fitting to the end style than maybe, maybe even a Kulisevsky or someone like that who... Um, he's played well, playing okay, but you can tell it's going to take Son and Kulisevsky a little bit of time to settle, whereas Johnson... Um, adds that bite, and he can play centrally as well, Scott. As we've mm-hmm. seen, Forrest use him a lot centrally. Um, even Wales have used him centrally, I think, haven't they, as mm-hmm. well? Times, um, no, I, I think it's really interesting. Um, Johnson will keep, keep an eye on him. Final word, Toby, anything to add? No, nothing in particular. Obviously, a week to go, but I think we're going to see a number of these deals reach a conclusion, uh, towards the very end of the window. And as Graham said at the start of the show. I would not be surprised if the majority of the big teams have another bit of business in them. And it could be players that we've not even discussed at this point. So mm. Tuesday's running order for the show could look very different to the uh, the players we've been discussing. We've done an hour and four minutes. I'm sorry, everyone. But thanks if you stuck with us for the duration of the show. Uh, you know, there's a lot to discuss. As we say, there will be a lot more to discuss as well. We do try our best to cover as much of the Premier League as we possibly can. Each week, we spent loads of time talking about Nottingham Forest today. For Nottingham Forest fans, there you go. Anyway, uh, this has been Talking Transfers. Thanks to Graham and thanks to Toby. I'm Scott. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, and at Graham Bailey. Nightingale.com for all the latest from us. Nightingale.com forward slash Talking Transfers for all the latest transfer news. And Nightingale underscore football on all the social channels. For everything that we do until next week we'll see you soon for another talking transfers thanks for listening everyone and see you soon bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.